0: The level of officiating in this country is so, so bad. It's a weird game first and foremost, but United are just a dislikeable team, aren't they?
1: Why are we trying to decide what they saw, rather than the blatantly obvious that everyone is seeing?
2: How can it be clear and obvious if they have to watch the replay 17 times and slow down to like three frames a second? Every single one of these games has a contentious VAR referee decision.
1: What Spurs fans on Twitter saying? Surely the yellow should be rescinded then. No, he still took his top off. That that did happen. Hello and welcome back to Panenka Weekly, the ludicrously oh. tasty podcast. <laughs> Game week six has been played and we're back once again. To Rory, on you're always
0: t- taking these much better. Have you just given up? I, 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 just staying quiet.
2: I'm just scared of what's going to come the week after, so I just grit my teeth and just wait to see what Clates has to say. It's the highlight of the podcast. I'm just worried that people are going to tune in just for the first 10 seconds.
0: <laughs>
1: the compilation at the end of the season is going to be great oh. though, isn't it? Let's <laughs> think of that. Just think of that. Um, where was I? I was saying it's been a pretty spicy week of Premier League action, hasn't it? We've had a lot going on. We're going to get into some of those big topics, which I'm sure you're uh, aware of as you listen here thinking, are they going to talk about that? We'll talk about VAR. That is um, a fact. Definitely. We've also had the end of the transfer window. We've had two game weeks actually gone by. So we'll touch upon both of those with a bo- big focus really on the most recent weekend fixtures, as well as some fun stuff, I'm sure. But I'm joined once again by both of those voices, which you've already heard, which is, of course, Tiges, how are you?
0: Very good. I'm doing well, Rich. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. I am. Yeah, I'm good. I'm quite excited for this one. I feel like there's a lot of nice topics to get into. Definitely.
0: How's it being back at school?
1: Uh, Horrible. Yeah, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) What is this third day in? (laughs) Yeah, third day, first day back with the kids being back, though. So it's been a long one. I can imagine, and straight straight to the podcast, so this
0: is the first time you're doing the podcast straight from work.
1: Yeah, yeah it is, which uh, maybe we'll see in my performance, my podcast performance, we will see, but we're also joined by Rory. Rory, how are you?
2: Yeah, very well, thank you mate. Um, Not quite used to working on Mondays again by the sounds of things, same as you, with uh, (laughs) Bank Holiday last week, Uh, and I'm all good mate. Um, Looking forward to getting into all things VAR very shortly.
1: Yeah, exactly that. No cricket this week?
2: Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. It was a, a quiet weekend this weekend, uh, just as well, really. I think the bank holiday weekend was more than enough. Uh, also off work on Tuesday of last week. Um, but yeah, I'm back. How in did the poker go in the end? Yeah, we we're, we're, we won't discuss too much of that for for any listeners. I, I played in the Goliath tournament at uh, Commentary Building Society, A.K.A. the Rico, on Tuesday. Um, but unfortunately, I was back at work today. I wasn't the person taking down the 200 grand prize pool uh, for first place last night.
1: That is a shame. That is a shame. But we will, will continue nonetheless, even with that disappointment. <laughs> and speaking of disappointment, another brilliant segue from me there, if I do say <laughs> so myself. Liverpool only managing to draw to Everton at the weekend. It was very disappointing for the red half of Liverpool. Rory, I'm sure you joined me in that. Yes. 0-0. Um, what did you make of it we'll go to you first
2: yeah I thought well both teams probably had the chances to win the game didn't they you look at the the Mope chance certainly for Everton and Liverpool I mean (laughs) that one section of play where they hit the post and Pitford tip one onto the bar or the other way around how on earth they didn't score there I mean Salah hits the post with about 45 seconds to go it's probably Pickford's best game, wasn't it? It really felt like a World Cup year or a time where he's going to be called up for England very soon because he seems to put in better performances then doesn't he? um a bit yeah. of a frustrating game really but but as I say, both teams probably felt like they had the chances to win the game um but this uh it's always an interesting fixture. I mean, I think we've had a ridiculously good run really, haven't we recently against them, yeah um. Yeah, I, I did feel a bit disappointed, but I think I was more disappointed after watching City at 5.30, and it was a bit of a case of what if, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, a little bit. When you see other teams drop points, you kind of think, ah. But then I kind, I kind of categorised it. It was a Merseyside derby, so it was one of those where if you drop points in them, it's kind of stands alone as a fixture, doesn't it? And I think going to Goodison, they're going to be horrible. And I think they were actually play actually played quite well, and... Yeah, as you mentioned, Pickford definitely man of the match. He seems to do that against Liverpool fairly often, makes himself the the main story. But yeah, I kind of make it standalone as its own fixture. And I wasn't, I was disappointed, but I wasn't, wasn't as worried about the performance as I have been in a few other performances this season. Um, Tiges, what did you make of it?
0: Well, it could have, it was just one of those games, wasn't it, for Liverpool? You could have 2-3, could have been 3-0 and you probably wouldn't have bad too much of an eyelid. But a poor start to the season for both of these teams, but that result could definitely send them both in different directions. For Everton, I think it was a brilliant point, but for Liverpool, you need to build up some confidence, because that has been a poor start to the season. You really did need to win.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it has been poor, yeah. Well, I think
0: the issues are just so clear, and they're being illustrated week in, week out. What, the midfield? For Liverpool,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> definitely. I mean, the bench looks a lot stronger, didn't it, on Saturday? It That's did, one thing yeah. I've got to say. You compare sort of what we looked like. We looked really thin, didn't we, for a couple of games whilst uh, Nunes was suspended. But Jota came back. He looked he looked well off the pace, I thought, when he came on. But um, yeah, you'd expect him. To... He bounced, is not he? Yeah, of course. you expect him to play minutes again in the week in Europe. Klopp seemed to like him a lot in Europe last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Melo was on the bench. Tiago, I think, returned to training this morning. So you know, there's a bit of positivity there. I have to say, I was quite glad to see Robertson get a bit of a rocket behind him and, and be dropped because I just think that might have been good for him. I mean, a couple of people yeah. said he's not been too bad. I don't think he's been anywhere near his normal level for the start of this season. Um, but I guess how often can you keep churning in the really good performances? It's so tricky, yeah. isn't it?
1: I actually thought he was pretty good off the bench as well coming on Robertson in that game. was It maybe and And Simicast, when he's they've been doing that sub a lot, hasn't yeah. they, on about sixty bringing Simacass on I think he likes Simacass's crossing I think if you look at the numbers of balls being delivered into the box by Simacass, it's a clear ploy and um, I think yeah it's what Robertson needed I think he was better when he came off the bench as well and the less said about the other fullback or the <laughs> other fullbacks in that fixture I think the better because Trent was not particularly great and then Milner I, I, I feel, I feel har- like a harrowing experience watching <laughs> Milner at right back for 21 minutes where he played there yeah Um
0: yeah do you think we've got to, we've got to start giving a bit more credence to the seasons before I feel like there's so, so much of a smaller gap and it must have been so mentally exhausting for Liverpool last year oh, really yeah. every single week you had to win and you're in four tournaments right up until the end that must just be tiring on your mind, tiring on your body. And now it, it's sort of, it's almost like a hangover into this next season. 100%, 100%. I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like this could be a good season for Liverpool just to relax a little bit, almost not worry about winning the league, take the pressure off, you know, try and come comfortably top four, do do well in the Champions League, FA Cup. I don't think that'd be the worst thing, almost turn it into a kind of a transitional season.
2: Well, I think they need to to bring the average age down a bit, don't they? I think that's the one thing that people keep saying is we have got a lot of older or ageing players now where maybe this is... This this transfer window just gone January and next year is maybe the time where we try and bed in a couple of younger players now. I don't quite know where they're coming from or, or who they are at the moment, but... Jude Bellingham must be the one, doesn't
1: it's, he? You're Bellingham in, but then you've got Carvalho in already. You've got Elliot in there. So if this is a season where they're just bedded into the team, yeah. ready to go... For a proper season next season it might not be the worst thing but it's difficult to to buy that patience I mean Klopp's bought that patience with his with his history but football fans are fickle and if you're not winning week out and football yeah. fans are used to winning week in week out it's it's a tricky thing to it's tr- tricky seas to navigate I'd say but then
0: you had a season ago you came into top 4 in the last day of the season, last couple of weeks of the season and I know there were more extenuating circumstances that year but you still went through the same thing and he wasn't at any point under pressure was he?
1: No I get, I I think actually the those extenuating circumstances buy you that time don't they because nobody said it was Klopp's fault that we did we have that many injuries. I think there's still a bit of mm-hmm. criticism that we didn't go and sign a center back earlier but <laughs> I, again, the proof is in the pudding. You have the season that we've just had last season after holding out for the centre-back, going by Canate, who everyone agrees uh-huh. is really good. So, I, yeah, those extenuating circumstances probably do buy him the time. And I think, not that he needs to buy the time, I don't think. I don't think we're discussing Klopp going or anything here, but it is still it's still part of the conversation, I suppose, that you uh-huh. you, you want to hold, keep to those standards, don't you? But with the midfield issues this year, maybe... It is a time to reset, as you say.
0: What do you think about his comments about the owners and taking a bit more of a risk? I know it was kind of blown up, wasn't it? But we've always spoke about how Liverpool are sensible in transfer market. Van Dijk was a good example, wasn't it? You, you yeah. didn't you didn't get him when you wanted originally, but you had fire and you got him at the right time as the right player, so you sort of waited, didn't panic. So you've always kind of done the right thing.
1: I think that was just... Yeah, that, those comments I think were just that showing how desperate he was for that midfielder because he clearly thought that they needed to go and do something and it, 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 Klopp doesn't get that desperate very often and he did it, I think, in quite a smart way where he wasn't slating the owners. He was saying, I completely understand why they don't but if it was me, I'd maybe take a bit. of He did it in quite a smart way, didn't he? That he, I think he's actually managed the relationship there because the relationship between an owner and a manager, as we've seen quite a lot with some of the Scott Parker stuff recently, is a really strange one. It's very difficult to get right, isn't it? And I think I think he actually managed it quite well.
0: Yeah, and there is one thing which can... Render everything you've done before mute. Despite how good a job he's done, if they ever fallen out, they could they could still get rid of it. And people's personalities oh, do shine through sometimes. And if yeah. they had
1: a big blowout, how stubborn he's going to be about it as well. Like, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent.
2: Just one
0: exactly. But Everton, it was a good result. Sorry, no, go let on.
2: say one final point before uh, before we moved on to Everton. How unlucky was Firmino not to start? How good yeah, he's I been the last couple of weeks, and Nunez is back. It's like, all right, going back in. And my point was really yeah, how bad Nunez was before he got sent off against Palace. It wasn't like he scored two goals and then got sent off, and everyone was going, "Oh yeah. God, he was so good!" But a moment of madness. Yes. He was absolutely terrible, and then got sent off. And like Firmino has been probably our best player for the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree. But the problem is, if you think back a game before that, he was awful, how like yeah. you think of Fulham, you've got. Firmino being the reason like being slated it's just that's a tricky call there because imagine he starts Firmino and we are as bad as we were for the first half against Fulham for example and then suddenly you've got people going you've got Nunes on the bench why have you not started him? then you're throwing him on in a a derby it's it's a it's a tricky one and could have went either way I guess the conversation is coming up because
2: Nunes wasn't very good on Saturday he was he was one of well, I suppose he nearly scored a really good goal. Pitford made a decent save, didn't I, he? But yeah. you know, I guess he's only gonna be judged in, in this you know goals. Yeah, in this weird little way where Haaland signed and he's gonna be so harshly judged because of, you know, a guy only a few miles away is um, absolutely banging the goals in
1: yeah show me show me Nunez after he's had a run of 10 games in a functioning team I yeah. think we'll have a bit of a better picture because I don't think he was particularly bad because I think it, it, like you say if he scores that volley that Torres like volley you're coming <laughs> away going what a player again aren't you it's just yeah. a war decision guys. by Klopp
0: to put him in yeah
1: exactly. yeah that, that's my small point
2: Sean. yeah I suppose that's my point isn't it it's like you live and die by the sword I guess don't you as a manager and that that's what they paid the big money to do isn't it make those tough calls
0: yeah. It's always a gamble, really, isn't it? Like, who who is anyone to say this way or that way works better than the other? People Sort of luck sometimes. Yeah.
2: I mean, I manage my sick form team when we're in sick form, mate, so I think I've got a bit of experience to say what, what should be. No, that's, true. No, that's
1: true. That's yeah, true. You should get Klopp's <laughs> number. We always forget. Although, don't he so.
2: threaten to ring in a bond hall he? he might <laughs> yeah, ring in next
0: week? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's on the line. Here he is, actually. He's here now. Um. <laughs> we'll move on from that early kickoff I think there's a lot to talk about as you mentioned Everton I think do deserve a little bit of praise I think the, some of the football they played was was quite nice cutting through Liverpool a few times and did create chances um, there was a VAR call in that game which we will come on to later on with the, the code the offside which I think we do agree is offside despite I've looked on Twitter today I've seen Tony Bellew going off on one about how it's a conspiracy <laughs> and how he was onside and to be honest that was enough Twitter for today he my um, to us, time to turn it
0: off but just quickly on Everton do you think
1: I was looking at looking at the table
0: four draws out of six is that good or is that bad I think they're overachieving <laughs>
1: well you would I think it shows
2: how bad they've been going forward as much as anything doesn't it
1: yeah it is a weird one though they're not they're not actually losing a lot of games I know either, this
0: why, this why it's quite strange but then mm. the, the teams that they have played makes a big difference if they yeah. want to be pushing for top half they should be beaten. I mean,
2: them. Cody and Tarkovsky. Yeah, you're going to be fairly solid at the back with those two. They're 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 solid Premier League performers, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mopey's a good player. When next time calvert Lewin injures himself trying to tie up his shoes,
1: <laughs> yeah, or is, you know, <laughs> on the yeah. catwalk. Um, I was going to say, I was going to make a comment. I was like, I don't know where to go with this without <laughs> going too far. Let's move. Let's move on to I think a really interesting fixture. The next one, which was Brentford five, Leeds United two not sure too many of us saw this one coming in our <laughs> predictions but a hat trick from Ivan Tony Brentford looked brilliant Leeds a bit shell-shocked in this one 5-2 um, Rory
2: yeah Ivan Tony and my dream team I guess that's the first logical yeah, place I knew to start
1: yeah
2: me too <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in mine um,
0: did you see his tweet
2: where he, he
0: just had a dig at everyone who took him out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I did, did see, see that, that and that I was
2: sent was it to good. somebody who was oh. going wild that they took him out um, which was quite nice Probably <laughs> <laughs> Tony Bellew <laughs> 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 Tony Valley hated the VAR in this one as well. <laughs> to be
1: fair there was a bad one, wasn't there in this one? The uh, Yeah, the foul wasn't it wasn't yeah. it. wasn't great. Yeah. Um I, I, but yeah, Brentford's looking good.
2: We digress slightly, but though no, um yeah, I, I mean what a what a great game. Um Brentford, yeah, I mean the machine just rolls on, doesn't it? I mean they they've that's a couple of games now where they've really put goals in the net which is uh what they kind of Lacked a little bit of the back end of last season, didn't they? They looked like they'd really kind of fallen off, but fair play to them. They're performing admirably this season and made some quite smart signings, haven't they, through, um, you know, Dams Garden players like this. They've got some yeah. nice youngsters coming through. De Silva's back after a long injury. They've got um, Lewis Potter. I think Leeds, I mean, it's it's a, a bit of a freak result, I think, from where they're concerned. They've started really yeah. well, haven't they? But um, is that maybe a bit of a throwback to sort of Bielsa's Leeds, isn't it? that you know, we're gonna. It was. We're yeah. gonna shoot. You're gonna shoot, and let's see how many goals we end up with each. It's not um, maybe the most disciplined performance from Leeds, but yeah, it was. A, it was a really fun game, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was a bit erratic, but I really like these two teams this year. Yeah,
1: same.
2: Even
0: Leeds, you really they like contributed Leeds? quite a lot to the game. <clears throat> yeah, they're a good team. I think <laughs> I like quite. just. I quite there, like actually. how they just kept fighting back. It was one of those annoying games for them, where you're never quite in it, but you get close and then Brentford take a next step and you're always that one step away yeah, it's like but they just kind school. of still went for it conceding five is a big worry yeah exactly did you say it's like cross country <laughs> it's like
1: cross country school that annoying kid who just just sprinting it <laughs> waits like- for you yeah. to get up to him and then he just <laughs> takes
0: another step ah, it was exactly oh, like oh. cross country yeah but that's what I was watching it thinking tried <laughs> <laughs> but yeah considering five conceding five was a a bit of a worry. But Ivan yeah. Tony, yeah, look, like you said, he looks a brilliant player. I'm surprised that more people didn't go in for him at the end of the season. There seems to be a real lack of good strikers. United but someone who can crying out for, oh, him, right? He, how good would he have been for United, I think? Because you've got a player who's big and strong, can play up front by himself, but he's also got a lot of skill. He scores free kicks, he's got decent pace, he's a good finisher. There's a lot to like about him. I'm surprised people didn't take a go on him. And
2: that goes to Chelsea as well. Does he get a seat on the plane?
1: I was going to say that was my next question would you would you have him in the England squad
2: so hard isn't it it is so hard I mean it's it's particularly tricky because I don't watch Tammy Abraham every week but he seems like yeah. his main competition doesn't he in terms of Kane's obviously going to go heaven forbid he got injured I think he's going to really struggle I mean Rashford's yeah. bouncing back to form that's something I didn't he see coming. in um, well, I, well and Sancho yeah I, I, both
0: of them didn't make the last squad did they well they are in the Euros weren't they I the we're know players. they're wider players
2: um, but uh, yeah I mean it's hard isn't it we've got so many nice players around the front like Foden and Grealish and Mason Mountain players like this but Tony's so different isn't he he's like a proper proper striker if that makes sense
0: yeah he's someone you want when you're trying to soak up a bit of pressure he'd be a great person to put when on he's 18 from 18 last 15 when you want on to... his last 18 pounds, yeah.
2: I think maybe that might be worth a place on the plane
0: yeah for, no, think... for no other reason
1: yeah, Thomas Frank was mentioned in the penalties actually in his um, post match game. He talked about how England had been in a few penalty shootouts.
0: Hmm. But have you seen the way he takes his penalties? That was, Can you imagine we're in a final <laughs> and he just does that arrogant oh, yeah. little step of it? Would, my, heart, my stomach would fall yeah, out. He'd be an amazing <laughs> so. penalty taker,
2: wouldn't he? When they say one step, oh. it's only one step. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. all right. That's how we take him anyway. Yeah,
0: that's all he takes an 11. Like. Perfect. Yeah, great so, yeah. pair. But both of these teams should just want to be comfortable this year, shouldn't they? And I think they both will be.
2: I
1: mean, we're we're looking at Brentford 7th, Leeds ninth. I think both would be very happy with that after the first six games, wouldn't they? Yeah, agreed. Next game, very controversial one, this one. And another one which we're definitely going to dive into a little bit deeper when we get onto our VAR conversation and the state of officiating in the country. (laughs) But Chelsea 2, West Ham 1, a... I mean it's all about the decision, isn't it? It's all about the um the West Ham disallowed goal. Kai Havertz coming up with a winner in the eighty eighth minute as well. What did what did you make of the whole the whole episode, uh, Tyx.
0: Well, first and foremost the actual football of this game was pretty yawn, wasn't it? Two teams I'm not particularly bothered about watching too much of. Um it was all about the events, VAR. AR. Which like you said, we'll talk about it in more detail, but it was ridiculous. I quite, I, where do you even start with it really? It was just wrong, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna discuss it, but do you actually do we even need to discuss it more than just saying oh, that's the wrong decision, wasn't yeah. it?
0: When something happens and people are almost in universal agreement Yeah,
1: that is it bad. just
0: it beggars belief how it happens. But one thing about Chelsea, I think their squad is starting to take shape a little bit now. Yeah, especially with the players that they signed, I was really interested to see Mount not start. You hate him? I I don't <laughs> hate anyone. I just don't. I just don't think he adds much, you know. And I, I, I read some Forbes report about he, How he's one of the most valuable players in the world. And I ju- i if he's worth 150 million, right. I'm worth at least 20 million. <laughs> I, I don't get it. But he's got to be the one to drop out when everyone starts. You you think they're looking like a three at the back? with maraud in full backs. Yeah. Abameyang yeah, yeah, up front so you know a couple of players have to drop out. It Looks like it's going to be
1: Mount I think. It's an interesting so that'd be quite interesting. An interesting lineup when you know picks Pulisic up front in this one that with Sterling. Me. Yeah, not sure. Uh, that was a bit of a strange one, bit left field, wasn't it? Leaving Havertz on the bench mm-hmm. as well, who I I mean who's going to be their top goal scorer this year? You would imagine it would be Havertz even with Abameyang coming in.
0: Does Havertz does Havertz make it? This is what I mean, there's going to be someone <laughs> Someone who has played quite a lot and done all right by them in the last few years has to drop out yeah. if he's going. If they're going to use that focal point, and maybe they just maybe they won't. Maybe Aubameyang just doesn't make his way into the team, which would be strange. But maybe Havertz and maybe Havertz and Mount. But maybe they both drop.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Havertz go a little bit deeper. Maybe Loftus Cheek makes way. Kovacic drops back to the six, and Havertz maybe plays in the eight.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I could see something like that potentially. With, Ga- with the legs of Gallagher the, as well. Yeah, and do you find it interesting that he's stuck with Gallagher? Because I think yeah. you mentioned it last week that it's two shockers in a row. I think he was a bit better this week. Mm. Actually, I still don't think he was amazing, but it's he's st- he's sticking by him. He clearly fancies him.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think you need to in times like that when when there is a bit of pressure on putting him throwing him right back in is almost should be a nice hit to his confidence. He must think, okay, manager does trust me. Despite yeah. the fact they've had a bad couple of games, because if he dropped out then for a couple of weeks, that could have had a really adverse effect on him. So I think yeah. it was the right decision.
2: Yeah,
1: and I guess they've come away with a win there, and maybe it was the right decision despite all of the controversies. The next game, Newcastle Nil, Crystal Palace Nil. I think the less said about this one the better. A very goalless, goalless draw. Does anyone want to say anything about it? No,
0: that's enough. Just <laughs> nil nil's are rare, aren't they, they seem, these days in the Premier League. Yeah,
1: two this weekend as well. But also sometimes
0: there is an opinion of teams that actually is not correct. Like before the before Wednesday's game and this weekend's game, it was almost like Palace and Newcastle were both doing really well. Yeah. They just they've won once each.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really, I mean, because we saw Newcastle against City, didn't we? Was the, the thing, we think they're brilliant. And really, they've beaten who do they beat? Was it Forrest versus Game of the season, I think. They um, they, they drew yeah, quite a lot. They've drawn not four exactly in their Ma- six. Myers up there, yeah, and that
0: ASAC, a- or however you pronounce his name, he missed a really good chance, didn't he? I still think they're going to miss Wilson.
1: It's actually no wins in five for Newcastle now, which is a bit mad <laughs> when you think about it, isn't it?
0: And Palace have just done really well against half decent teams without yeah. particularly getting many results. So these are the sorts of games where you think maybe they could show where they are and get a statement win. Just wasn't to
1: me, was it? Maybe it's a very fair fair uh fair showing of where the two teams are then a nil nil draw in this one. One thing to mention on it is the uh the Willock foul decision, the VAR decision where he clearly just gets shoves in shoved into the goalkeeper and the foul given. What did you make of that one?
2: That was mental. It was just
1: wrong again, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely mental.
1: Yeah, it's 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 crazy because I, 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 just, I don't understand how you can you've got a replay of it and you still don't change the... like it doesn't make any sense to me because what are they thinking that it wasn't a push is that, that's the only thing I can think of because if it's not much, if they're not deeming it enough of a push then he does go bundling into him doesn't he but surely sh- like sure uh-huh. how are we watching this and thinking why are we trying to decide what they saw rather than the blatantly obvious that everyone is seeing it baffles me.
0: Again, 95, 96, 97% of every person who watched that would disagree with the final decision. They would have done it in seconds. I think one quick look at that.
1: Exactly, yeah. And
0: yet they've taken ages again to come to the wrong decision.
1: And, I mean, we'll come on to this maybe later on, but the it comes down to, I feel like it's just an over officiating of everything there's too many rules about everything where they've got this clear and obvious thing where suddenly they've made up these thresholds and they're trying to make trying to justify their decisions when really can they not is can we not just write a rule in that is just common sense that can we all just take a step back and go all right we just need to make the right decision here that's a common sense decision like maybe do a vote in the VAR room or something because it's it's baffling that they are taking this long and looking at this much because they're trying to look at the finest details of the rules that they've all in that have been put in that about different thresholds of it it makes no sense to me like common sense please
2: the the worst thing is they've gone from a it has to be clear and obvious to to override yeah i mean we'll, we'll get into this more but how can some of these decisions be a clear and obvious errors or yeah. when they are they still don't get them right it's just it just makes no yeah. sense i mean the odegaard one's a perfect example of how can it well how can it be clear and obvious if they have to watch the replay 17 times and slow down to like 3 frames a second
1: that was exactly my point in it i couldn't believe that they overturned it having had to look at it so many times to decide whether it was a clear and obvious foul if you're going with the language of clear and obvious you shouldn't need to watch it that many yeah. times and also it wasn't as if he didn't deliberately not give it as a foul to start with he very deliberately watched that that tackle or that challenge and didn't give it because of this higher threshold for yeah. fouls it was a conscious decision it wasn't like he missed something it was he made a decision like an an actual decision that he was being like being really sure with it wasn't he was in a great position and then to obviously see it. He was so he close. Was, he was, saw it completely. We're
0: we'll talking about the United game and then the VAR. That was one of the most frustrating one, ones of the lot because you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh,
1: you, you, the second the
0: second he went down, you knew they were going to score. You knew he was going to bring it back and you knew it was going to be overruled.
1: Yeah. Until, well, yeah, until you start thinking, oh, actually, they've brought in this new rule, haven't they? Which annoys me more that they make a point of these new rules that have come in and they last about three weeks of every season and then they go back to normal and then next season there'll be another one like it. We'll get to the time-wasting because it's exactly the same thing. Like, they bring in these new rules. We're clamping down on time-wasting. Did anybody watch the Newcastle-Liverpool game? (laughs) Please. Clamping down on time-wasting. I mean, the most amazing thing was when Pickford got the yellow at the end of the, the derby because... He hadn't actually time wasted the whole game and then gets a yellow in at a time. But anyway, we digress on that because they bring in these rules at the start of the season and then they it makes it more... It points out and highlights these decisions even more because they've brought in these new rules and talked about them. Like the handball and then they last season. They yeah, like the handball times. Exactly. Like if they didn't just highlight them as much, nobody would be talking about mm. them as much and it doesn't confuse things. Yeah. And then you have all these debates with... Tony Bellew on Twitter who <laughs> doesn't even understand the rules and then it's, it becomes, it's such a mess it's all such a mess mm-hmm. Ridiculous Ridiculous Anyway, um, we'll talk about refereeing in a bit, <laughs> let's move through to the next game which How was... itching are we to talk
0: about, we should have done the VAR first, <laughs> we really <laughs> we should have done Every single one of these games has a contentious VAR referee decision
1: I guess the question we'll ask is what? where do we go from here what is the what is the solution that can be the the conversation afterwards because we'll talk about as we go through these games all of the poor decisions and all of the var calls but i guess the the, the question is how do you fix it what do we do so maybe that's what we'll move on to afterwards the next game is a bit of a stonker this one nottingham forest two bournemouth three did anybody see bournemouth <sighs> coming back from two 0 down in this one
0: no No, but can I I ask you a question? Which (laughs) You can. Because I was looking at this, I was researching this. So how many teams in the Premier League have had a better start to the season than Bournemouth?
1: How many teams have had a better... Well, where are they? 13th? So twelve.
0: But the teams that they played, I'm just trying to illustrate a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like Bournemouth are... uh, you know, they're dead and buried, they're struggling, they're in absolute disarray. But I know they got pinged 9 nil. they lost their manager. But the teams they've played, to the position they're in, I think what a start they've actually had when you look at it for the most important factors.
1: Yeah, to unbeaten. You know, they've played
0: well. Arsenal, City, Liverpool and Villa. they four of the best teams <laughs> in the league in their first six
1: games.
0: <laughs> 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 but I think they've had a great start. And sometimes maybe the negativity of a manager—it was maybe it was just so dramatic. It seems like the right decision, isn't it? I mean, there's only been two games, but four points from it. Sometimes when you remove that negative energy, sometimes it helps, and it seems to have at least up to now, you know, had the desired effect.
2: I mean,
1: yeah, it does seem very much like they'll either they're either going to be blown away by a team or they'll actually be quite competitive. It's there's no in between, is there? There's like I think the the worry was that how already in those Arsenal-City-Liverpool games how easily they were completely blown away but maybe those games aren't really their business are they? So maybe maybe it's not an issue
0: If you lose 2-3-4-0 you lose 9-0 A goal difference is not always that important. If you can bounce back quite easily, if you can lose to City one week but beat Forrest next yeah. you're going to hit your objectives as Bournemouth.
2: I mean, there's, eight, there's eight teams covered by three points at the minute. It's insane
0: It's very tight isn't it?
1: Yeah, and then you look yeah. at like Leicester, for example, who have lost every game. So, or, well, they've drawn one, right? So, yeah, maybe we are exaggerating the Bournemouth, how bad Bournemouth are a little bit. I think a 9-0 loss will do that, but maybe, yeah, maybe the change of manager was the right decision, and maybe we're we'll, we're writing them off a little bit too early here. Great. Because only when
0: I was researching it, and I, I was thinking, <laughs> and it just sort of <laughs> dawned on me that yeah, this might not be the worst team in the Premier League, like everyone's thinking. <laughs> Seems a bit harsh.
1: Um, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Another promoted team that is impressing then is Fulham, but they did lose this one to Spurs at Spurs two one. Kane getting himself a goal. He's now gone clear as the third highest ever goal scorer. Right, uh, Mitrovic in the goals as well, getting a late one to make it a little bit nervy. Yeah, but I mean Spurs continue to grind really, out results. That's Fourteen points unbeaten. You, you know
2: they've played a couple of decent sides now and still got the wins, and they're going into. The game against uh, City on Saturday, level points with City. Now, if you'd have offered them that after six games, they probably would have ripped your hand off. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. Spurs—they they must be happy. They, they've got to be, haven't they? You know, what what really has been—it's um, yeah, been a really good start. And I'm surprised by maybe we kind of looked after the Chelsea game, didn't we? And we said, "Ah, oh, they just do not really look that good. They still look like they're kind of a bit bit far apart." And I guess. Sean's point about Bournemouth kind of maybe needs yeah. to be echoed again for Tottenham. It's been a better start maybe than a lot of people realise. They've just been quietly going about their business, floating under the radar and picking up picking up solid wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mm. think we're we're basing it off the one game where Chelsea have actually looked quite good this year. I think Chelsea have only looked good in that one game and it just happened to be that Spurs one which is a high profile one. So maybe we are we're judging them off that one really. They're going as most people expected them to after their yeah. signings in the summer. Yeah. And yeah, it's been a really good start. That game against City will be a big one. Will definitely be a big one.
0: I just think they're not they're not in a good patch at the moment, but they're winning so many games. Yeah. And for the oh, last yeah. four or five years, Sun has been one of the best players in the world and he's not contributing anything. Imagine if they can get him fire again, which he probably will. At some point in the season sure he he'll will, go for yeah. a really good patch. And they're gonna be unstoppable at that point. So they haven't had their purple patch yet. They're still going nice and strong, which is a very unspursy-like thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a very Arsenal-y thing, right?
0: (laughs) But Fulham were good again, weren't they? Mitrovic scored, great goal. They gave it a go and didn't crumble, which would be a great sign, which was a great sign for them. So I don't think they'll be too dismayed.
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's one of those three hits, isn't it, this for Fulham? I think they'll be happy enough. I mean, maybe not happy enough, but I think they'll be okay with with not picking up any points in this one. Speaking of picking up points, a big win for Wolves against Southampton on Saturday. 1-0, they needed that, didn't they? They were, well, they were struggling for points up until this. It lifts them now up into 14th. Two wins, well, no, it's one win and three draws now, isn't it, for Wolves? They uh, they did need it. Rory, what did you make of it?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a terrible amount to say about Wolves other than, like you say, they just really did need the win. They've been... Yeah, they've been pretty average, haven't they? Really, this season they just—it yeah. it's, it's, was a proper win, how you expected it probably to come one nil. You know, there wasn't. There's not going to be many thumpings handed out by Wolves this season, by the looks of things. But I mean, defensively, you know, they look they look pretty good. Nathan Collins seems like a good pickup. He seems really solid at the back. It does, yeah. But they really did need the win, and they got it. And it's just now a case of can they kick on? I think they've got quite a bit of a hard run coming up now. They play Liverpool away and then City at home. Off the top of my head, so really it was a must-win Saturday before going into those two games.
1: What do you make of the what do you make of the the transfer business? So the uh, the big guy coming in doing his ACL immediately, and now it looks like Diego Costa's on his way. That's an interesting one, Tiggs.
0: Diego Costa, what's he gonna? He almost seems like the exact. Same problems that their current strike force have. His sort of age catching up with him, injuries catching up with him. I'm not sure he, if he's the answer. He's definitely going to add a bit of housery to games, isn't he? He's definitely yes. going to help him get over the line. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like
1: I'm quite excited for it, though. To be yeah, honest. we lo- we
0: love to have him in the Premier League, don't we? Whoever he's, whoever he's, what they need, or whether they just need to get him and playing all the time. You know, the the more him and doesn't play the more he doesn't build up his confidence, the more he doesn't build up his fitness.
1: Yeah, it's tricky because they're trying to put wins on the boards and it? it's how long you mm. stick with with someone like Jimenez He's clearly not in form. And then Kaladzic coming in, they've clearly tried to build towards using him and now he's out injured. It's...
0: Mm. Yeah, so maybe it's, maybe it's not the worst stopgap. It will be fun for us. <laughs> we do love him, don't we? But... Um... That was their first win for 154 days, Wolves. <laughs> I, mean, I know there was the summer in the middle of it, but that's still quite yeah. a it's lot of time. It's
2: fair boy saying it that way, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah. It's still a lot, though. I'm, no prizes for guessing who that was against. Villa. These, Whenever there's a stat like that, it is always Villa. <laughs> that
1: stat reminds me of when it was like COVID and football stopped for ages, and we were like, they haven't won in four months. They haven't played. <laughs> yeah,
0: you can manipulate the words, can't you? Do you remember yeah. when Liverpool went three months without winning? between yeah. March and May.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Very <laughs> well, good. We
0: didn't play. But I think Southampton are going to get dragged down into it now. I've know had some great results, but I still think they will.
1: I just don't know if they're as bad as, as, as maybe people think they are. They're a strange team, though. Like, losing 1-0 to Wolves there is a bit drab. And then they'll go and get a, beat Chelsea midweek. It's, no. They are a strange <laughs> team. I I don't really know where they stand. But I don't know if they're as bad as maybe some people are saying they are. Final game of Saturday was a uh, a good one for you, Tugs. Um Aston Villa won. Manchester City won. Getting a point against City got to be ha- got to be happy with that, right?
0: Yeah, not expected was it at all. And uh, how many bets did that result break <laughs> at the weekend?
1: Oh yeah, must have done so many.
0: It could be season changing for us, really. But what did we say this time? This time last week on the podcast, we were saying, oh, you know, Steve Gerrard could be really struggling. Yeah. After these two games, Arsenal City, we could be bottom, we could be dead and buried, and we, you know, our goal difference could take a significant hit. When in reality, we, you know, Arsenal obviously better than us, played better than us, deserved to win. But we could have got something out of the game. Yeah. And yesterday, we did get something out of the game. Uh, on Saturday, sorry, we did get something out of the
1: game. Yeah, and could have, could have got a bit more. What did you make of the Coutinho decision?
0: See, I, I was out and about. Actually, I went to watch a wrestling in Cardiff oh, the weekend, and I was uh, getting, I was getting text messages from <laughs> Rich. <laughs> well, yeah, Tyson Fury was livid, <laughs> but you sent me. I, I was getting the signal wasn't good, so I was getting messages, were coming and going, and you, you made me livid. You, it was you, Rich. I was absolutely <laughs> devastated. I said you missed shots and
1: everything, didn't I? <laughs> you did, yeah.
0: And it didn't paint the it didn't paint the most realistic of pictures because no, when I actually no. saw it, like a lot happened, <laughs> a lot yeah. happened, didn't it? Between and, him scoring yeah. and everyone had basically stopped, which saw, makes doesn't yeah. solve it because it was no. still the wrong thing. But I don't feel too bad. I'm okay with it. Coutinho yeah. would he have would he have still buried that if the ref didn't blow the whistle and everyone were and yeah. all the defenders are still playing? It would have been much harder. But still, what again? It's just they that wouldn't have happened to United. <laughs> no, nah, it was just, it's just it's, that's the annoying thing.
1: Terrible refereeing, terrible officiating. That it is rubber stamped by the fact that in the end he did put it in, even if Edison was having a drink and the rest of the players were walking, and and it might not have gone in if they actually played after after the whistle. If they played up until the shot, but. It's still just so frustrating because you know. see so many times where they don't play the whistle, where it's like meters, like tens of meters offside. And they they were like, no, no, the rules actually say you need to keep, they'll keep, they'll keep they playing. They wait for the flag
0: usually, don't yeah. they? And people are getting hurt now because they're leaving the real yeah. obvious ones, but you have to play to the whistle. And then that one, he puts his flag up.
1: It didn't even feel offside. no. Like
0: what? If there's any, if there's ever a time to let something go, it's yeah. for those—those
1: those ones where they are coming back on side or back off side. Like they're going two different directions. Those are the ones where you never really can tell. And yeah, they're the high. ones you
0: need an extra second look at. Yeah. So the natural thing should be to let it go, see what happens, and then bring it back.
1: Yeah.
0: He's finally letting Bailey have a go. He's making sure Ramsey gets in the team. He's playing Louise. He's using only one of Watkins or Ings, and it worked. Defence looked good for once. I mean. We've brought two centre-backs and they didn't play, obviously, yeah. a bit too soon. What do you do now?
1: Yeah, yeah, true. How um, how important is it to have held on to Douglas Louise?
0: Really important because he's our best player. And I, I don't even think he's been injured, but he hasn't really been in the team that much recently, weirdly. You know, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Maybe there was arguments. Maybe they thought he was going to go out the door, but... How much is 25 million these days to a team yeah. like Villa who, you know, their owners are billionaires? Mm. It's nothing. There's just, there was no point in letting go for that amount of money.
1: No, I agree with you. Because who do you realistically go and bring in for that amount of money? Anybody who is going to be an improvement on Not it? Not anywhere it near him. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because we, we he had a similar sort of contract situation to Haaland in that we got him really dirt cheap. I think it was like 12 million. Or yeah, something and there, City, man, had a, yeah. City had a City had a buyback on him. Yeah, City had a buyback which they didn't take him up on.
1: Because he had was it work permit issues when he first went to City that Right at
0: the beginning, yeah. Yeah. So they loaned him back out, didn't they? And then he came and he's been brilliant ever since. And he's definitely got a big future. And I don't think his future is with Villa.
1: I was reading an article about him where when, when Pep first bought him and he couldn't get the work permit, Pep was Like sending videos and things to to the people deciding whether he could get a work permit, promising him that he'd play for City for years and years and years. He was so so sure that he was going to be a superstar. So, I mean, Mm. you you can see why he's he's as good as he is now. He's obviously has some type of pedigree there. And again, Yeah. yeah, Villa need to hold on to players like that for sure. He's
0: never been he's never been playing he's never played in an amazing team. And he's one of those players, players where if you just picked him up and popped him in a really good team, he'd fit in.
1: Yeah, it makes. I mean, I think there was links to Liverpool on deadline day, wasn't there? It makes you wonder why why they did. He go would, do he it.
0: would, he would have improved your first fifteen players massively, yeah. Louise. At this moment in time,
1: it really does make you think they must surely be waiting for Bellingham, though, right? Must be. He's like well, worth, essentially he, he, they must be the way that they've not bought somebody there. You'd think. How good was Ashley Young? <laughs> yeah, when it called came on early, there. didn't he? And he was yeah. <laughs> just, what I a player. Was a bit, I was worried when I saw him warming up. I was like, oh, when he was coming on, because it was an injury, right? It was, Cash went off injured. I was yeah, like, he went off quite early. This isn't what you want against City. He's <laughs> Ashley Young at right back. <laughs> no, he did great. He was really good. Yeah, he did a great job. Let's move through to the Sunday then. Two fixtures on Sunday. And again, two very interesting ones, really. We'll start with the first one, which was brighton beating Leicester five two. A bit of a topsy turvy end to end game with Brighton scoring five in the end and Leicester rock bottom of the Premier League looking a bit a bit shaky, Rory.
2: Yeah, that was um I mean I can't believe how well McAllister and Gross have started the season. They've absolutely flying. Um I I mean Leicester, they get a, a first minute goal. Everything looks like maybe it's set up for a big performance and then they leak five. It's just... I mean, that was the most Leicester 90 minutes of... If you if you said to somebody, look, I just want you to watch a team and you can see exactly what they're like this season, that was it, wasn't it? They go ahead early doors and then they ship five and get hammered, really. Um, McAllister was really unlucky not to get the absolute worldie that he scored. Um, yeah, I just... You really worry for Leicester. I mean, how many games has Rogers realistically got left? with these types of performances two three
1: yeah it's yeah it's it's a a weird one i was really thinking about it i was thinking does he get a bit of a pass here because they've not backed him as owners they've not given him the money to go and spend they've now brought money in for Fafana. does he get a little bit longer here because he can quite quite obviously say well you didn't give me any money to spend what do you expect me to do give me january
0: Things are looking so stale for him. He doesn't really. It just. He doesn't feel that interested in it, does he? So I, I feel like if anyone needs a managerial change, it's them. So do you give him the? Do you give him that time, or do you let him go out on his terms? It's a real we tough don't one. Want to let
2: him go out on his terms if it means that you're twelve, 12-14 games in, and Leicester have got five points or something. You know, it's um. No,
0: that's what I mean. Sorry, that's what I mean. So do you say to him now? Right, you know, we've built up some goodwill, so let's go out. You know let's stop this but we're making more of your decisions so you're not like sending them out sort of thing One into the world by mutual
2: consent which basically means he's, yeah. He's, yeah
0: it works he's for everybody rather than just getting rid of him yeah rather than getting rid of him because he's built up enough goodwill to not do that if yeah, that makes I mean, sense he's
2: been really good yeah, there yeah. hasn't he get big <laughs> Sammy. Just get oh, Big Sam in.
1: Get how him. long until Big Sam is brought in by one of these teams? <laughs> by the way, it can't oh. be that long.
2: <laughs> He's normally a March, April kind of time, isn't he? With you know six or seven games left, I, we I need reckon 10 we points.
1: might go early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be Deitch or or Big Sam. Surely won't be long. Who do, who do Bournemouth go for?
0: Well, the guy's doing well at the moment, isn't he?
1: Yeah, maybe he, he, he takes a longer
0: will. term. See what he does after. I think that hot. I, I think they give him a chance.
1: Possibly, possibly. For a
0: kind of, month or so.
1: it's Kind of what they want, clearly, is this tight-knit and good goodwill in the squad and go with what you've got sort of thing. And if you go with your caretaker, then maybe you are just going with what you've got and it kind of buys into that, doesn't it? Possibly.
0: Brighton looked brilliant, though, didn't they, again?
1: Yeah, really good. And scoring goals, which was their issue last year, wasn't it? Scoring five in a game here just goes to show maybe they've made a, a few steps forward in that regard. And uh, yeah. Leicester... Leicester, not very good, but next week they've got Villa, so I'm sure they'll be back oh, to winning. Tough one.
0: You know what I really liked about Brighton though, sorry, just before we move on. Yeah. They went 1-0 down and they, they just didn't care. It, the they were minute. just like, alright, all, yeah. like, right, fine, and then they just hammered them then for the next 90 minutes. Yeah, they looked was- brilliant. Potter's yes, magic, isn't really he? Magic. Yeah, he's, he's hopefully, really sticks good. out. I mean, that was a joke. I thought I'd get a few more laughs, but hopefully, it sticks out until the end of the season. Because I think the, some other teams will come swooping pretty soon.
2: Why did it take me so long to get that? I've only just realised what you meant. <laughs> sake.
0: how high could he go? How high could he go realistically?
1: <laughs> You're going I to do would. some type of broom thing here,
0: aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've moved on. Oh, did we? That no, you sweeped it under the <laughs> carpet. We've moved on. Oh, I would love him to manage England. Is it totally different
2: though? You know, he's yeah. working with these players day in, day out, isn't he? As opposed to getting a couple of weeks at St George's Park, then he didn't see him again for three months. How, I always think this, like we, we say, oh, he'd be great for England. And I think he would. So I am firmly in that camp as well. But is it so different when you're trying to, he's not, maybe stylistically drilling those players every day. How how easy is it to kind of embed your style on a team in just a couple of weeks?
1: It's a really, really weird... International management is a really weird one. To be good at international management, you kind of have to do all the things you wouldn't usually do as a club manager. That's why I think some of the most successful, when you think of like Yogi Love at, at Germany, right, kind of is very much an international manager. It's a really weird one.
0: Um, but yeah, That's on Brighton. Point, though, That's a good point.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely is. Um, just thinking of a, a Brighton. Trossard has got a wonderful of left foot, hasn't he?
2: Moving on. Right.
1: Final game of the weekend is. I
0: try. I tried matters not to laugh. I enjoyed that. <laughs> it was hard enough. I was going to mute myself. I was going to mute myself and laugh on mute. Just not give you the credit for it. <laughs>
1: Day, it good. was uh, that was deafening silence i'll tell you that <laughs> Jeez. um final game of the weekend was a high profile one it was manchester united three arsenal one are united quite good <laughs> no well, i've got a lot question? to say about this can i jump go on, in then. go on It
0: was a weird game first and foremost but united are just a dislikable team aren't they that anthony was charging into people shouting their faces like an absolute <laughs> idiot the goal saved him because some of his output and unnecessary flicks were just embarrassing yesterday
1: what did you make of his um the celebration <laughs> the, the, the 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 tiger what did you make of that just again just weird <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, it, uh, was. it was it was i mean i don't um, i
0: don't support i don't support arsenal but it was just Annoying me and uh, United, like always, they've just sort of bought their way out of their problems, haven't they? Ericsson looks like their best player, and it's just quite weird how Twitter hasn't been inundated with abuse towards the Glazers for the last few weeks. I oh, yeah, that's, that's quite that regard, <laughs> haven't they? Yeah, and Martin Tyler and Gary Neville commenting on a United game, the bias again is just strange.
1: Yeah, I guess that's just the history, isn't it? That what they were, and it's difficult to shake people's thinking of that even though they're nowhere near what they were under Ferguson it's yeah it's the um the legacy that's been built up it's very true um, yeah, and the and VR
0: decision was annoying wasn't it it yeah, was just we... always going to happen it was just you know when it comes to Old Trafford it's just a given when we played when Villa played them last year we touched on this a couple of times how how hard they were looking for in that VAR to find something for Mings do you remember and that's just what it feels like at Old Trafford let's get B AR and find something.
1: Sounds like a Tony Bellew conspiracy to me a little bit, but um
2: I mean I mean genuinely, how can United manage just to snaffle all of the worst imaginable blokes that play at high level European football? Casemiro, Lissandro Martinez, Anthony, Bruno Fernandez. I mean the list just goes on and on. I don't want to use some yeah, provocative really language here because that's not what we pride ourselves on at Penenka <laughs> but my god honestly
1: yeah some very very dislikable footballers and that kind of brings us on to one of our topics today I wonder boys do you want to do VAR first or one of our last things to talk about today is we're going to suggest who is for us the most dislikable footballer in the Premier League and we've all got our own suggestions we're going to take it to Twitter we're going to get you guys to vote on who you think is the most dislikable, but VAR or dislikable footballers.
0: Let's touch on the VAR, I think, just because it's a bit fresh on our mind after yeah, that chat.
1: I agree. Let's 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 go back to my question that I asked earlier on then, where we've talked about some of those poor decisions. We've talked about the United one with the Ericsson foul. We've talked about the Newcastle one with the, the foul on the goalkeeper. Obviously we've got the West Ham disallowed goal with Bowen on Mendy. It was a real real weekend of poor officiating and poor use of VAR because I I think again we need to talk about the fact that it's it's not VAR that is actually the issue here it's the people who are operating it who are making the decisions they've been given these tools to make the correct decisions and they they're, they're still not and that's the the consensus with mm-hmm. nearly everybody watching it that they're still making the wrong decisions so how do you fix it what what do you do you're now head of the the refereeing board you can change things what do you do, Rory?
2: Well, I think first things first is you need to tackle the actual on-field officiating first, don't you? The level of officiating in this country is so, so bad. Now, I don't know if this comes down to, I mean, the average age of officials in this country is probably, what, 38, 39? They're running around and trying to officiate on, you know, the some of the fittest athletes in England, Now, okay, some say that's not a big issue. They have to pass fitness tests, whatever, whatever. But sometimes they're so far behind the play or so unable to kind of be up with play or position themselves in the right place to see fouls or penalty shouts that immediately they're overly reliant on VAR. You can link that to the linesman's. You take the Conor Cody decision, for example, on Saturday. Now, as soon as you saw one replay, you're like, God, he's about three yards offside. But the linesman doesn't want to put his flag up because he is going to be seen as the villain. He puts his flag up. It's subsequently onside. He's the villain. But the point is, he is paid to make a decision. Once the ball goes in the goal, it's then his job. Does he want to put the flag up and say, actually, I thought I was offside, but we're going to look at it anyway? Or I'm going to keep the flag down and I'm just going to bank on VAR? Now, I think the position seems think... to have become... Just to
1: jump in. Go on. Sorry. Do you think this is to do with... Do you think this is an issue with... How easily influenced the referees are or how aware of the the culture of football in the country in that they're going to be slated and they're influenced by the crowd. Do you think that's, does it boil down to that, that they're not making decisions based on what they are seeing at that time, but they're, they're, they're influenced, whether consciously or subconsciously, they're influenced by the, the circus around football? Well, I think it has to have an yeah, effect. I
2: think it has to, doesn't it? It, it it doesn't matter what we say. There is still influence around um, the big teams. You know, there there must be something to it, mustn't there? I don't know if that's because the fans or what it is, but there is an element to that. But I guess my point is, we have an issue that officials seem to have become overly reliant on VAR. but it doesn't matter if I get it wrong. VAR will look at it. It doesn't matter if I don't want to blow the whistle. VAR will bail me out.
1: But then they go to VAR and they're still terrified to get it wrong in that they then don't make the common sense decisions. They go and look so closely at every little thing and get their rule book out and look. Well, actually, it says about and they're still terrified to make a call. Yeah, it feels to me. And then they won't come out and we don't hear from them where they come and back it and give any reasons. It's this we just have to get on with it despite everybody watching it thinking, well I disagree. Well everyone's with that.
2: fear wasn't it behind VAR. Well it will eliminate these kind of conversations out of football. The people down the pub won't be able to say, Oh no, that was that was offside, that was onside, that was a penalty, it wasn't a penalty. It's become worse. It's just, it's genuinely probably oh, become worse. worse. And well,
1: d- Yeah, because actually we don't have that debate anymore. There's no debate in it. It's because we like we still don't agree on decisions, but we've then got a whole other thing in there in that we've drawn lines on things and we've got <laughs> this new rule to talk about which it's boring like i i, I didn't think i would because i've been very pro var for a yeah. while because i think it was a long time of complaining about those decisions and thinking why aren't we using technology and i think technology in football is something that's been needed for a while but i miss the days where they we look you'd play a ball through you'd look at the lines, linesman always oh, got his flag down get in we're in here yeah and not have to worry about it. Do you know how much I enjoyed that Leon Bailey equaliser? Because it's Ramsey, right? He takes it and dribbles it in, and because he he dribbles it through himself and then pulls it back, there was no question that it was going to be offside at any point in that. I was watching, I watched it go in, going, they can't disallow that. There's nothing in it. They can't disallow that, and I could actually be happy that City had conceded a hmm. goal without thinking, well, they'll they'll, they'll find something to short this one. I guess
2: off. I, sorry. I was going to say, I guess I started answering your point, but then just got so worked up actually getting annoyed about VAR. Me too. <laughs> I guess my point yeah. was, look, there's two parts to this. Do we just need to realise that 40-year-old referees maybe aren't able to keep up with the pace of play, and that maybe we need to be trying to blood referees in earlier? Now, that comes down to a lot of things. Every, every There's that common thing, isn't there, that every young boy who's at school... Rachel, you may be able to answer this, but given your profession, they want to be a footballer. I want to be a professional footballer. Yeah. Nobody ever says I want to be a referee. Just because you don't, you know, they're seen as like the cannon fodder of the game. Rightly or wrongly, there's just this stigma around going and refereeing. Now, particularly grassroots football because of the amount of abuse you get. What
1: well, I was going to say, because also it is by, like, even the abuse it's a thankless rightly task. or wrongly to put... It's a thankless yeah. task. Why would anyone want to do that and subject themselves to but that? But
2: is there an element that we need to remunerate refs better? We need to try and do more to attract perhaps a better quality, a bigger pool of people. Um, think about the money involved in the game. Now, I know these refs aren't hard up, Christ. They earn more than most people. But is there an element there that maybe yeah. chucking a bit of money at these referees and trying to just diversify the pool and make the pool of referees bigger might help? Um and the other point is is there a way that we can just I mean there's got to be a lack of teaching or a lack of learning here because they're so inconsistent now you should surely be able to make a panel of we've only really got 20 to 25 top referees for the Premier League right they all roughly do one fixture a week and there just yeah. seems to be so much inconsistency between that small number of people that how on earth are we not able to say look this is what we're looking for for this. This is what we're looking for for this. This is how the handballs are done. This is how the little niggly fouls are done. It's like the common debate of, well, if that was a, if that was outside the box, it would be a foul. Well, why isn't it a foul then? Do you know what I mean? Why is there a, so a why is there a you higher see, threshold yeah. when it's in the box? There just seems to be such inconsistency. Um, that's my
1: point on this. That's my point on this. That there are there's there's not just rules. There's rules to the rules. Yeah. And then there's levels to each one. Like like you just say, there's fouls that exist in the box that don't exist outside. There's fouls that don't exist in the box that exist outside the box. But that's an unwritten rule. But we all sort of accept it because of the way that referees have, have managed it. When really, are we just over, Are we overruling the, the game? Is it, is it, are we overcomplicating things? Where my thing is, how do you fix VAR? I think you, you apply a bit of common sense. And it, it, I, I really feel like it's as simple as that. That there should be maybe a head VAR person in the in the box watching. Mm. Who just then, when there's a bit of a debate, they make the call. And then that person is paid a load of money to make that call first of all, but also comes out and defends it and talks about it and is the face of that decision. And how to judgment for, for it? it. Yeah. And but because so many times I'm watching these th- these things, I'm just thinking, just apply the common sense here. And, and they're mm-hmm. not because they've got this rule in there and I've I mentioned it a load of times in this podcast already today but they've, they're they overthinking things it feels like they're overthinking things and is that because of the, the reaction they know they're going to get is that because they have got too many rules is that because they know that it's the culture of football and it's there's so much going on and they, they have had these influences and these, they're subconscious I don't know why it's happening but mm. just apply a bit of common sense
0: yeah, my biggest question is, does it add more to the game than it takes away? I don't think it does. You can forgive does. a bad decision from a ref without VAR, with all the factors included. Pace of the game, they only see it once. But when we have the review and the decisions are still terrible, it makes the emotion so much worse. Yeah, agreed. And agreed. you just lose that joy of scoring like you touched on touched upon earlier. You've run away screaming, but you have to contain yourself and wait for the review. It's just not the same. So we may as well be without it. But that's OK. That's the whole point of trying things and innovating. Yeah. You try something, you think, actually, this doesn't work. So let's just not bother. There was
2: that fabulous clip on Twitter. Do you remember when Tottenham scored really late, uh, City scored really late against Tottenham in the semi-final of the Champions League? And then it got ruled out because like Sterling mm. was like a fingernail offside. And um he interviewed a City fan after the game outside the ground and he was like, Oh, you must be absolutely good for that goal to be ruled out and he was like, What on earth are you talking about? We won And he like just hadn't even realised yeah. it'd been far enough. <laughs> he was too busy celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like when when did the game I, become like that?
1: Yeah. I really thought that point about the not not enjoying the let off and not being able to enjoy goals. I thought that point was being overstated at the start. I thought God, it's not that bad. At least they're getting the right decisions like I don't think that's as big a deal as people are making out to be but I've come full circle on it and it's a huge deal yeah. I think to me. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. It's you're you're losing the very joy joy of football.
0: Rich, I think to answer your question, what do we do to make it better? To me, there's one simple thing we can do that answers a lot that solves a lot of these questions and that is putting a time limit on it. 30 seconds to a that minute.
2: That's actually a really good idea. Well that yeah. Because well, what think, that does is, one, it makes... You have to apply common sense, right?
0: You have to apply common sense, and then it's clear and obvious. If you can't make a decision in 30 seconds, don't bother. That Brighton decision uh, in the Brighton game, which was the right decision, the only right VAR decision, in my opinion, this weekend, yeah. that took 4 minutes and 31 Christ, seconds to do. Not, not clear and obvious, but you should remove the threshold as well, like you said. There shouldn't be levels of in t- interpretation. It should just be, The rules could be as clear as they can yeah. be
1: but you let the referee make his professional judgment on it then don't you rather yeah. than he he's he's not actually making his professional judgment in these times he's looking up the rules and saying what the rule applies here like there's no trust in the referees and then maybe maybe because of the standard of refereeing but i feel like if we actually just gave a little bit more trust back i think they come to the right decision more often i feel like in rugby there's so much more trust in the referees and it's a real it's, it's like a cliche to say but look at how they do it in, in rugby but it, it is true it's actually true it because- is because
0: how biased and unreasonable are fans and managers for their own team yeah. and yeah. that's some of the problem these refs are probably thinking and the, you know the vi and everybody the premier league for the refs are probably thinking people are so unreasonable unre- in what they interpret it, it doesn't matter what goes on. If it's against their team, they're going to hate it. If it's for their team, they're yeah. going to love it. And because of that, we're going to get all these issues no matter what. And that yeah. really contributes a lot to its downfall. You can't have yeah, a genuine definitely. debate with someone, you can't have a genuine discussion about whether something was right or wrong. It always just gets completely blinded by who you support. For a lot I was of just going
2: to link to that that that, that Clayton said in, in cricket. Now, I know I mentioned cricket at the start as well, didn't we? But if if Love they it. have a catch, which they're not quite sure if it's bounced first, the hands are kind of, you know, not quite round the ball, they do what's called a soft signal. So the the on-field umpire says, I thought it was out, I thought it was not out. Now, what the then the, the TV monitor ref, or whatever they're called in cricket, third umpire, does is if he cannot find conclusive evidence... That the on-field umpire is wrong. They just stick with a soft signal. Now, is there not an element for that where the VAR, the person on the field says, "I didn't think it was a foul." Okay, well, a new linkness to Sean's point of, "Well, you get 30 seconds to look at two or three replays. I can't find conclusive evidence that it was, it was different to that. Let's just stick to what what we said on-field. There's no conclusive evidence to to kind of overrule it."
1: Is that not what they're trying to do with the clear and obvious thing? That sounds like the. That's exactly well, what they're trying to do with the clear and obvious thing. It, but they? They? the actual, the way the implementation of it has just been completely wrong. Yeah. That they take it too far and over officiate everything instead, rather than. All right, he thought it was a penalty as he watched it the first time. Is he massively wrong? Again, thirty seconds. Have a quick yeah. look at it. Uh, it could go either way. We'll stick with his decision. There's been examples where they've done that perfectly but there's been so many examples where like with the Manchester United one with Eriksen where they've gone oh let's watch it 12 times mm, i think he was really wrong what i don't know
0: how can you cuz if he was really wrong they would have they should have thought that at the first second yeah yeah like an offside Wow. Well, okay there's daylight he's clearly offside takes 2 seconds again if you have to start getting the lines out and you know letting the pause pause stop pause stop just so it happens at the exact same second as soon as you start messing around yeah. with all this it takes it takes the fun out of the game
1: yeah and also like you we i we'll get, we haven't even talked about the offsides but how can we be doing these offsides when it's the the frames they are using where it matters yeah. all it comes down to at the end of the day is where they've pressed pause because they've decided they could oh. decide based on where they've pressed pause whether it's a goal or not a goal so you're actually put the 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 hands of the game there has just been putting one, one guy <laughs> in a van is just is deciding whether it's a goal or not. Because he, he could let it run for one more frame and he's still the time when he's releasing the ball and he's onside. Whereas
0: Yeah, I don't think you should pause it. We shouldn't do we shouldn't be doing frozen screens.
2: You should just let the game run. It's like somebody trying to measure a world record using a stopwatch in the Olympics. See where he presses. Yeah, exactly, stop.
1: and we've got a blurry screen. Blurry image from the wrong angle and we've got Tony Bellew <laughs> thinking, like, not understanding depth perception. <laughs> Sorry to bring him up again. He's going to call in next week. <laughs> we got Cloth and Bellew next week with the call Can't wait. That would be uh, a uh, a blockbuster pay-per-view. Um, should, we, should we leave it there on the VAR chat? I feel like we could go around in circles. We could I... talk
0: about this for months couldn't we? Just get rid of it. Get rid of it
1: is that the answer is that the answer we'd love to hear from you guys as well in the comments down below if you're watching or listening over on youtube let us know how would you fix var what is the quick fix here if there is one uh we'd love to hear from you either or let us know on twitter as well uh alternatively let's move through to our, our fun little finisher as we do like to do in some episodes we're going to try and do this in future episodes too a fun little finisher to maybe lift the mood after what was a bit of a rant from all of us there i have tasked each of us to come up with their most disliked Premier League footballer and we're going to put forward we're going to pitch who we think it should be and then we're going to go to Twitter and get you guys to vote on uh, who you think is the most disliked Premier League footballer I will let Rory go first on this one because actually I think you've gone a bit left field here and a bit obscure who is the most disliked person in the Premier League I
2: like how you've quickly changed the question there Rich because I, I was yeah I was yeah, kind yeah, of grimacing yeah. when you were saying player but I've I mean <laughs> I, I well, kind of wanted to go a little bit different so we haven't all got the same because I could quite happily say the two that you've gone for but I've actually gone for Antonio Conte now there's just something about I don't know if it's Spurs teams in general or this particular Spurs team but I just find them particularly unlikable now, I know I gave credit to his quite humorous Instagram post the other week about saying he would have tripped Tuchel up if he would have seen him, but that is just the absolute epitome of what this man is about, isn't it? He's a—he's just an absolute wind-up. I mean, he's got his defender pulling Cucurea's hair. He's got Son, who I don't know how Son gets this nice guy image. He broke somebody's leg, cried into the camera, and got more sympathy than the bloke who broke his leg. <laughs> Um, You know, Harry Kane up front. Some people absolutely despise Harry Kane. I I will like him because he plays for England. I hate him when he plays for Spurs. Um, They they just seem like such an unlikable team. They've got Hoiberg and Basuma that just love fouling. They've got, I won't go too much into Richarlison so I don't want to spoil it for everyone else, but they've even signed Richarlison who seems like an absolute perfect fit for Conte. I. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just Spurs all over, isn't it? They just seem like a really dislikable unit, and Conte in particular just seems like he sums everything <laughs> up. I didn't know that you could get a downgrade from Mourinho in terms of the Housery, but Conte may well be that man.
1: I tell you what, though, Spurs must love this. Oh. This it seems very Spurs, like us against yeah. the world, and I think it's to be honest to to get Spurs to a place where they can challenge. This is exactly what they needed. They needed these this siege mentality. That's why they signed the likes of Richarlison. And I know like Spurs fans absolutely adore him already. And they obviously adore Conte too. So as much as the rest of the Premier League are despising them, and I take your point on all of those things you just said, it is kind of like I, they they love him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. But Bond's a team, doesn't it's it? He's just a horrid bloke, I think.
1: Horrid <laughs> bloke. That is a perfect way to sum it up. Thank you very much. So, first suggestion for the most hated Premier League footballer is Antonio Conte, the manager. Tiggs, what do you think? Yeah, well, this
0: leads on to mine, Richardson. He is yeah. the biggest house because he revels in it. Some people he do does. it to get them advantage, but he just loves it. It gives them some kind of sick thrill. Like... I bet you he's a nightmare around the house. I bet 100%. you he just like hides socks and he just pours, <laughs> pour, he just pours the tomato ketchup out and leaves empty things. He leaves a toilet seat up. Those keepy-uppies last week were enough for him to warrant top spot in this. That's all you need to say. When <laughs> when that Everton fan created a fake bus company, so the Liverpool fans missed that their, their Champions League, <laughs> they set the company name up in his name. That is yeah. all you need to know. He flew, he threw a flare <laughs> into the crowd. <laughs> He snaps (laughs) at people, he (laughs) snarls, he's dramatic.
1: Do you not love it, though? Like, all of these things. I, do, that are, like, I, do, I don't hate
0: it. him. I don't hate him. I do love him. He's, he's such a good character to have. He posted a picture of him squaring up to Bellerin of Arsenal <laughs> on Instagram the day he moved to Spurs. I know. Like He had
1: barely taken his pen
0: off signing the paper before he got out yeah. his phone and started it, being a he dick. He actually
1: moved to Spurs so that he could do that photo. for. Yeah, so he he, that was his
0: judgment. He went through his photos and said, right, this is the worst <laughs> one I can post. I'm going to Spurs. And How good was karma this weekend when he scored, took his top off, celebrated like a nutcase, only for the goal to be disallowed and him to receive a booking. Thank God for VAR.
1: (laughs) Thank God for VAR. Do you know what I saw about that, though, by the way, which is, again, this Spurs siege mentality. I saw Spurs fans on Twitter saying, surely the yellow should be rescinded then. No, he still took his top off. That that did happen. See, the goal that, sums up that, that
0: sums up football fans. That yeah. does. <laughs> Oof, how have you come to that conclusion? <laughs>
1: <laughs> honestly, honestly. Yeah, so we've got Antonio Conte and Richarlison. And I'm not going to go down the Spurs route for my one because I feel like that's a bit harsh. And do you know what? I think they're both... They're both blockbuster they're both both worth worth the entry fee and i'm I'm glad they're in our league I'm gonna go with I think the most dislikable player in the league by a long distance Bruno Fernandez there is not an ounce of that man. That that garners my respect. I can't I can't tell you how much he winds me up. It's from like his constant moaning at the ref, it is constant to how easily he gets he goes down when he's when he's fouled or when he's tackled to how he takes his penalties. You know when he started doing the Jorginho one? I was just thought, of course you are. Of course you're doing a Jorginho penalty. How annoying. annoying. Like I think of the Liverpool game a few weeks ago where he was holding on the ball after the, the, the Salah goal. And I just think of course, it's you doing that. His little annoying face. He, I, I, I beg you to find someone more dislikable than Bruno Fernandez.
0: I saw a video of him where he opened the door, and not only did he not hold it open for a woman who was behind it, but he like pulled it shut. <laughs> <laughs> Why?
1: Why did that video even exist? <laughs> God. And why am I not surprised by it? Why am I not surprised by it? But Bruno he's a Fernandes. different
0: he's a different type of emotion to yeah. Conte and Richarlison.
1: Yeah, they're like wind-up merchants whereas Bruno, I don't think he's doing it to wind people up. I think he's doing it because he's a, I, I bet he's got a really squeaky, whiny voice Yeah, as well. Um, yeah,
0: he is, he is an annoying bloke. I think that
1: makes him more dislikable for me because he's not doing it deliberately whereas you can kind of see... Like with Richarlison, you can kind of go... Even if it's annoying you, you can kind of go... Oh, he's won then, isn't he? Because he's, he's yeah, he, under, he
0: understands. He understands what he's doing. Whereas, in I, I bet you, if you if you sat down with Ricardo Sutton in the pub and said, "You're a dick, aren't you?" He'd laugh and he'd say, yeah. "Yes." Whereas, yes. in if you said that to Fernandez, he honestly wouldn't think he does he'd anything be, wrong.
1: He'd be asking for a penalty.
0: Yeah, he'd be like, <laughs> he'd, he'd fall over. He'd, say, he'd yeah. say, "You're a dick, aren't you?" And he'd start rolling on the floor, and you'd get yeah. booked.
1: So I'm confident in this Twitter poll. Um, make sure you do go over to Twitter. It's at so they can Twitter, only obviously. vote
0: for ours. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah, out of those three, those are our suggestions. I'm welcoming any types of uh, any. If anybody wants to suggest any other ones, and I did actually tweet this asking for some some suggestions. Let me read a couple of them because some of them are pretty good, and some of them are very rogue and outside of the box shouts. But I said, who are the most dislikable players in the prem? Uh, quite a few people mentioning Kurt Zouma. Uh, for obvious reasons, lots of Richarlison, lots of Bruno, lots of Azpilicueta. Can you can you get behind that one? Uh, that's a
0: bit of a stranger. I don't. Do I? I don't mind him too much. He's... He annoys me when Liverpool yeah. are
1: playing Chelsea. I will say because he is constantly on the refs' back, and he is he's quite good at the dark arts. But when they're not playing Liverpool, I think he's sound. I think he's all right.
0: Yeah, I don't uh, think he's as bad as the others.
1: No, R- Andy Robertson. Loads of shouts on Twitter. Loads of shouts for Andy Robertson. I wouldn't know because I love it because he plays for my team, but I can kind of see that. He's a bit of a house, isn't he, as well? Harvey Elliott, by the way. This one, I think, is a bit rogue, but so many people saying Harvey Elliott. I think it might be to do with his hair and the, the sort of ego he seems to have, which I think is a really good thing that's going to take him quite far. The best comment, though, by far on this was somebody replied to my tweet just saying, Scott McTominay should be locked up and thrown in jail. <laughs> <laughs> other reasons, that was it, and I thought, right, there you no go. No context. And uh No context. That no context, no reasons. I didn't ask him. I actually replied saying, alright. Oh, but
0: surely he's just cause he's cause he's so bad at football, surely he's just I don't get I don't really get
1: that one. Yeah, someone someone else did say um no one hates a player that's rubbish. Apart <laughs> <Sorry>. from him <laughs> Except for Scott McTominay who should be locked up and thrown in jail. And with that I think we'll finish off our episode for today. Thank you very much for listening. Unless unless you're Scott McTominay, in which case, get back in your cell, my friends. Or we will be Bellew back. or Klopp. <laughs> or Tony Bellew or Klopp or, or Richardson. Or Antonio Conte. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, though. If you are not already subscribed to the YouTube channel and you are listening on YouTube, please make sure you do so. Leave us those comments down below. We'll be back next tuesday after another round of premier league action after some champions league games as well we hope you have a lovely rest of your week we'll see you very soon
0: goodbye